0: Welcome to The Lifeline, a production of Simply B.J.E. Incorporated. The goal of this podcast is to build, to inspire, and to empower our audience through conversations on business, leadership, and mental health. We invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at simplybje.com forward slash The Lifeline. Now, let's tune in for today's episode. Top of the day, everyone. I trust that you are well, and thank you for joining us for this episode of The Lifeline. We're your host, financial coach and business coach, Bo Powell, and yours truly, leadership coach, and mental health advocate, Barry J. Elliott, also known as BJE. Our goal is to build, to inspire, and to empower our listeners as we discuss all things BLM. That's business, leadership, and mental health. You can visit us at www.simplybje.com, forward slash the lifeline, and on social media on Facebook and Instagram. So, Bo, good day, my friend. How are you? What's up, BJE, the man himself? How you doing, happening? I'm good, man. I'm good, good. man. Rested rested and ready to go.
1: Man, I am here, wired, inspired, and ready to set the world on fire. Let's do it. I'm excited. This is part two, right? Yes, sir. Principles of leading well. Man, we had a great conversation last time, and uh, I'm excited to get back into it because, man, you was dropping some gems. While I'm saying that, let me make sure my pen is working, and I got my notes because I know you're going to drop some alliterations, and you know how you do it, man. You know? (laughs) <laughs> you know you never get too big to grow and learn man that's so. true that's true you by the I'm way saying. i like
0: that t-shirt by the way man
1: you got good taste bro yeah i like that a lot likewise i need to get some of that on B- uh, some of that bje flavor though man i gotta yes, go on the man. website man and get some new t-shirts in Simply.bj.com forward slash store is right need- this- no no shame in that plug Either. No shame. No, sir. You see that? All <laughs> right. Well, I got, I got my pen. I got my paper ready. The ink is flowing. It's good. So let's talk about it, man. Well, Principles talk. of leading well, you know, I want to start this conversation off about start talking about stress and mm. pressure, That's right? Real. If you're in leadership, you know, that can come with just immense amounts of pressure and high levels of stress. So let's talk about that. You know, Barry, in your mind, You know, how would you advise leaders to manage stress and pressure while they also maintain their effectiveness?
0: Well, I think there are three keys to doing that, and I call them the three guardrails uh, to provide balance and boundaries. Okay, so the self-awareness, self-regulation, self-care, self-awareness, self-regulation, self-care. Self-awareness is really the capacity to understand your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own values, your own beliefs, and your own actions. But here's another area of Mm -hmm. self-awareness that we don't really hear about. I believe that it's important as it relates to self-awareness that you Mm -hmm. answer the question, do you see value in you? Because Mm. if you don't have a healthy self-image, if you have a low self-worth quotient, you may have a difficult time seeing the value in others. So you need to be able to answer yourself, ask questions and answer those questions. Like, do you know who you are? Do Mm -hmm. you know your limitations? Do you know your strength? Do you Mm -hmm. know your triggers? Mm -hmm. Do you know what you are worth? And do you have a sense of value outside of your position? Because there are some leaders that don't have a sense of value outside of what they do because they don't know who they are. All of that's a part of self-awareness. Then Mm -hmm. there's self-regulation which is the ability to understand and manage your behavior and your actions to feelings and things that are happening around you. And the mistake that many leaders make is that they spend their career trying to control people, but they themselves lack self-control. Come on. And so I think it's really key that leaders understand that leadership is never about controlling people. It's about managing influence, impacting people, and facilitating movement toward a goal or a set of goals. So we have self-awareness, we -hmm. have self-manage, and -hmm. then we have, what should I say, self-management, and then we have self-care, which is the practice Mm -hmm. of individuals looking to their own well-being and -hmm. looking at strategies for being a better version of themselves, spiritually, emotionally, uh, relationally, socially, economically, emotionally, and physically. Mm -hmm. And here is something I think that's very important for us to understand. Unhealthy people do not make healthy leaders.
1: Mm, Come on. That's so good. Say that one more time. Unhealthy Unhealthy
0: people do not make healthy leaders. Yeah.
1: See, I like, so you said self-awareness. Self-awareness. Self-regulation, which is also Mm self-management. Because I like regulation better than management because the last one is Mm self-care. And those three, if you take the, the first three letters, I mean, the first letter of those three words, it says ARC. Wow. Right? Wow. Wow. Like an arc, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Did you know you did did that? I did not. Wow. I didn't. That's the power of the pen, man. (laughs) Power of the pen, man. That's good stuff. And so, awareness is key. I mean, with any relationships, because if you're not aware, you can't really be accountable.
0: That's heavy. If you're not aware, you can't be accountable.
1: Come on, right? Yeah, that's good. You know, because, I mean, successful relationships, you have to be aware of of your quirks, you know, your strengths, like you said, your strengths, your weaknesses, right? your triggers, all those things. But if you're not aware of those things, it's very difficult for you to be accountable. Correct. Correct. And to me, that leads to a lot of leaders not being able to receive feedback. Mm. Yeah. And so how can you really grow? If you can't receive constructive criticism or feedback, because, you know, from what I've understood, most leaders always like to give the advice or give counsel, but sometimes it's tough to receive it. And I'm of the mindset, your effectiveness of leadership is a lot in large proportion predicated on your level of followership too. correct, correct. Correct. Right, And followership doesn't necessarily have to always come from somebody who's, quote unquote, above you. Yeah. Yeah. That that lead that puts me in the mindset of Stephen Covey's principle centered leadership's principles. You know, if you're accountable to principles, right, that can come from anyone. It, right. And it, it takes humility to do that.
0: You mentioned Stephen Covey, one of my favorite books. Yeah. The seven uh, habits of highly effective leaders. Yeah. And he introduced me to an idea that I never heard when I read his book for mm-hmm. the first time almost 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And mm-hmm. that is the the idea of interdependence. Mm, yes. And so I think as leaders, I think it's really important. I don't know who said it, but it's, it's simple, but very profound. Mm-hmm. A leader without followers is just a man taking a walk. Yeah. And so the leadership or the leader follower relationship is really about give and take. You need mm-hmm. one another. So sure. that should be an interdependent relationship. That's really what it should be.
1: Yeah. And I always like to say it this, this way, give and receive. Yeah. right. Yeah. I have to be open to receive some things from other people. Rece- reception is about humility of being able to be vulnerable enough to receive. Correct. Right. And that's how relationship, I receive it, then I can give it. And it just creates this endless cycle, man, with harmony, right? It creates this circle of life, if you will, which leads to you know, this next topic I want to talk about is being adaptable because one of the things you talked about is self awareness and being able to self regulate. So let's talk about adaptability in leadership, you know, and being able to adjust with the ebbs and flows of life, business, leadership. So, how important is it, is adaptability in leadership? And can you share some instances where adjusting your leadership style was crucial for success?
0: I think it's critical because. I think there are three reasons, at least, why, of course, I'm not the quintessential expert. These are just some things I've learned along the way. Mm-hmm. But there are three reasons why adaptability is necessary. Mm-hmm. Adaptability is necessary because people, if you are a leader, you're mm-hmm. going to have people with different skill sets, different personalities, and different mm-hmm. learning curves. So you're going mm-hmm. to have to be able to adapt. You have to have a level of flexibility, or as one of my favorite words is you have to be ambidextrous in your approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. But there has to be some level of ambidexterity in your approach to how you lead, because there is no one person who is a one size fit all. Mm -hmm. Not one person on the planet has the same fingerprint. That's a reason. Mm -hmm. There's a reason behind that, because we're all individuals. We all have different Mm -hmm. nuances. We all have different preferences. We all have different experiences and they make us all different. And then secondly, adaptability is also important because the world is changing. And so uh-huh. the world has an expectation. It's an unspoken expectation, but the uh-huh. world has an expectation nonetheless that as uh-huh. the world changes, organizations are supposed to change to meet the demands of those changes that are a result of the changing world. And then yeah. thirdly, adaptability is important because different situations require leaders to respond in a different way. So I uh-huh. was thinking, so in the 1800s, that was the industri- industrial age. Uh-huh. You come into the 20th century in particular mid 20th century t- mid 20th century you come into the technological age the information age then you hit the 21st century we're in the digital age so mm-hmm. all of those different ages required organizations to be led a different way so if you take somebody from the 1800s and try to try to put them in the 21st century it's going to be a mismatch now that mm-hmm. sounds crazy but there are people who have an antiquated Leadership Mm. model that are trying to lead and a current model and it's a clash and it's Mm. not necessarily the people that they're leading is that the person that is leading has an outdated model and has not received the current uploads as your computer needs uploads and updates so they're behind the times and so their model of leadership and their framework of leading is antiquated outdated and irrelevant. Mm.
1: Yeah, but you know, so that leads me to this question because you know there are some things that. Need to remain constant. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And you can't be so malleable that you're always changing, right? Because that can cause a lot of chaos. So talk to me about this. You know, are are there certain principles that need to remain constant that you never bend on, even when things are changing, like you talked
0: about, or should you just always just be in this constant flux? Well, know? I think so. These are the pillars. I call them the anchors mm-hmm. of leadership, and I reference mm-hmm. them out during, during part one. That's core mm-hmm. values, character, and consensus building. You should Mm -hmm. always have a system of ethics. People should know where you stand in every situation. Mm -hmm. Just because conditions change doesn't mean your core Mm -hmm. values should change. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you should be a man of integrity or a person Mm -hmm. of honesty, whether you're in the boardroom, whether you, or whether you're in the bathroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then character is how you live out those core values. And the consensus building is simply building people building relationships and building camaraderie and unity Mm -hmm. around a particular theme or set of values or, and, or I should say goals. Mm -hmm. And so those three things don't change. Sure. So principles
1: may not change, but what you're talking about, delivery may. Correct. Methodology could change. Methodology
0: and environment changes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to adjust to that. So which talks about, which leads me to this next point of resilience Mm -hmm. in leadership, right? And so I think that's vital for leaders. I'm sure you'll agree with that. So let's talk about maybe some personal observed examples where you feel like resilience has played a role in in,
0: uh, overcoming challenges in leadership. 2023, sir. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) 2023. Um, I came in 2023 hot, man. I came in, I was getting opportunities to go and do leadership training, leadership coaching. Mm. Even my merchandise was moving. April, May, I don't know what happened, but it was like Mm -hmm. cemetery. Wow. And so I had to make a decision whether Mm -hmm. or not this leadership coaching thing was a fad or if it was Mm -hmm. really a part of what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I had to make a resolve because connected to resilience is resolve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And so you have to make a resolve. If you're going to be resilient, there has to be a level of resolve that Mm -hmm. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. And so I would also say, as relates to resilience, that resilience is not something that can be taught. Mm-hmm. Resilience is something that's learned in the school of yeah. heart knocks. Mm-hmm. And so as I think about the butterfly, before the butterfly emerges from the cocoon, it goes through the metamorphosis from butterfly, or should I say from caterpillar to butterfly. And part of that metamorphosis is the mm-hmm. need to struggle. Because if the struggle mm-hmm. doesn't take place, The wings won't grow as they should. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, if we're going to develop into the persons of resolve that we're supposed to be, our Mm -hmm. resilience has got to be built through the struggle. Yeah. Because if there's no struggle, you really hinder your development. If you go throughout history, you look at books. A great book is from good to great Jim Collins, and he talks Mm -hmm. about businesses that hit rock bottom or hit a plateau and they Mm -hmm. had to reinvent themselves. They didn't give up they decided to be resilient and they made a resolve that there was Mm -hmm. another way to accomplish their goal. Resilience is about managing struggle, Mm -hmm. responding appropriately to that struggle and making a resolve to keep going despite struggle. So in other words,
1: there's a built in resilience training in every goal. Yes, sir. There has to be some resistance in there for growth to come. That's the word resistance. Resist, right. there has to be resistance. There has to be resistance. There's. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're in the gym. We both work out, right? You know, you can run, and do cardio all day long, right? And you're gonna lose a lot of fat, and you're eventually gonna lose muscle, correct? Right? But growth only happens when there's struggle, when there's resistance. Has to be resistance. When there's there's something that you are battling against, right? That's where growth comes at.
0: It's it's interesting. Yeah. I, and this is not the brag anything, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. by no means a a Arnold Schwarzenegger, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I first started working out around ninety eight, around yeah. nineteen ninety eight, and I could barely lift ninety pounds. Yeah, and now I'm to the place where you know one eighty is pretty fairly light to me. Yeah, um, but it's because over time I right. handled resistance. Being a leader mm-hmm. is not about how you handle moments of celebration it's not how you handle the accolades how you handle success but how do you handle moments of resistance because that's Mm -hmm. what develops you as an individual within which also ultimately develops you as a leader yeah so that's why we
1: can kind of glory in tribulation in some way yes sir because we know it's working towards something greater
0: yeah it doesn't always feel good but we don't always feel we understand
1: the cosmic methodology if you will yeah i know when i you know after working out, even though I've been working out for a while, you know, I'm still sore. You know, yes, while I'm working out, after I'm working out, you know, especially if I've missed a week or something like that, that soreness is there. So it doesn't feel good, but I like the results.
0: Correct. And his, his other right? thing is that it, you have to periodically switch up your mm-hmm. mode to work out. Not totally, but you have to introduce some something new into mm-hmm. your routine that's a new level of resistance. So right. there's another principle for us. If we're going to do new things, we have to expect new areas and new types of resistance.
1: Yeah. And that's good. That's good. That applies in every life, in every aspect of life, spiritual, physical business. It just, there's no growth without struggle. Correct. You know, but here's what we got to talk about is balance. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, you know, whether it's ministry, whether it's business, many times we get so focused on the goal that we often find ourselves out of balance between our personal, professional lives, or vocational lives, you know, sometimes it's just all work, 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 work. So, it can be very challenging because there's always something to do, you know, in business and leadership. So, having that work-life balance can be a challenge. I know many companies these days are trying to do their due diligence in making sure there's a good work-life balance. So, what advice would you give to leaders? who are striving for this balance, especially in this fast-paced world where you seem like you've always got to be on it because if you take a break, you can miss something. So talk to us about that, man.
0: I I go back to my three guardrails for balance Mm -hmm. and boundaries. Mm -hmm. Self-care, which is a commitment to well-being. Self-awareness, which is a commitment to self-reflection. Introspection. Mm -hmm. And I think introspection is important because it is a mechanism to keep you humble and it helps you to stop believing your own press. Mm. it puts you in touch with your own humanity. Mm-hmm. No leader wears an S on their chest. You may be good at what you do. You may yeah. be super at what you do, but you and of yourself are not super. You mm-hmm. are a man who puts your pants on one leg at a time or a woman that puts your leg on pants on one leg at a time, just mm-hmm. like those under you. And so introspection yeah. keeps you sober-minded. And then self-regulation, which is a commitment to self-monitoring and being true to your boundaries and your limitations and your need mm-hmm. for rest because yeah. you're not a machine. And th- the reason why this is important, because it's got to be modeled for your people. And if you mistreat mm-hmm. yourself, you'll mistreat yeah. your underlings.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, but society would say different. I can't tell you how many times I've seen on you know social media um, from many well-known people that talked about. It's grinding. just go, 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 go. Just grind it. Yeah. Right. You just grind, yeah. grind, 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 you know. And so it's almost culturally, if you're not taking care of yourself, that's that's celebrated. So you know let what me I mean? say this, so, so
0: let, let me say this. Yeah. That the lack of sleep is mm-hmm. a leading cause for prostate cancer, mm-hmm. breast cancer, and some other forms of cancer. Kev on stage, you know, he's a social media comedian that's now yeah. big with different, I think I think time one, not time one spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he said a joke one time, he said, because somebody said, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And he mm-hmm. said, well, you keep on grinding, you'll grind yourself right into the ground without sleep. That's a reality. That's, a, that's a reality. Rest was factored into creation. Now, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this early, and it just kind of really encouraged my heart that there are moments when our body says rest. But then there mm-hmm. are times when I believe that our our inner man, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit says rest. And I started thinking about Elijah when Mm -hmm. he was on a run from Jezebel and the Mm -hmm. angel said to him, the journey is too great for you. Mm -hmm. It was time for him to stop. Right. I believe that really rest is divine. Mm -hmm. Rest is not some abstract idea. Rest is necessary and rest is divine. Think Mm -hmm. about this before technology, before the age of information. Most of the information, and this is this is a principle that goes across the boundaries of religion. A lot of people have experiences that while they were asleep, they mm, received visitations, they got information sure. that mm-hmm. was appropriate for what they needed to do, or they got yeah. some kind of supernatural intel. So yeah. rest is indeed supernatural. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny.
1: It's funny you say that because I was thinking that as you mentioned that, because uh, in my study this week, uh, just thinking about in the creation story. Adam and Eve, yeah, Eve didn't even didn't come until Adam was asleep. He had to be asleep, yeah, right. Yeah, when when God cut covenant with Abraham, he put him to sleep, mm. right. And so you're right. You know, rest is absolutely essential. You know, it's been a part of our that creation story where you work and then you rest, you work and then you rest. So, and but you mentioned something about how when leaders don't take care of themselves they end up projecting that on or putting that on their people right so let's talk about you know team well-being so how can leaders contribute to the well-being of their team both professionally and personally because sometimes you know we'll we'll try to give them some breaks professionally mm-hmm. um but sometimes we don't want to mix business and and personal right so talk about you know How can the leaders do that with their team, contribute to their well-being? And would you recommend some specific practices that you've known that make a positive impact on team morale and and mental health?
0: The biggest thing, I believe, is the open-door policy, Mm -hmm. where they know they can come to you. So they Mm -hmm. they have the freedom to say to you, I'm tired, I'm burned out, in a non-threatening environment. And and, not feel judged, right? And not feel judged, dehumanized, or Mm -hmm. humiliated. Yeah, that that open door, because communication is a healing Mm -hmm. agent, I should say. Then also communication, when a person communicates with you as you establish that rapport, because that's another word the corporations talk about now, rapport. As you establish that rapport, then that person says that that subordinate says, "Okay, I can trust them. And Mm -hmm. so then when there is that level of trust that creates a healthy environment and that becomes contagious and that's a healthy contagion.
1: Absolutely. I can tell you how often. How many times in corporate America, you know, where you wanted some time off and you feel condemned and very much so judged for wanting to take some time off, particularly when it comes to performance based roles that you may have, right? Now, again, a lot of corporations are now starting to move and they understand, you know, the value of having a work life balance, but it is still out there, right? Right. Right. Like, you you want to take some time off, they're like, like, dude, what about your numbers? (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh I think it's absolutely key. So uh and maybe I missed it. So would you say there are some specific practices that you've seen, like specifically, uh when it comes to general, you know, facilitating team morale and
0: and and good mental health among teammates? I would say one of the things I've seen a lot mm-hmm. is off campus team building exercises. That's one. I would also mm-hmm. say where I've seen managers oh. and I've done it myself, they mm-hmm. recommend um I think it's called uh, employee assistance, EAP, EAP. EAP, yeah, yep. EAP. Uh, and I've seen employees uh, just have conversations just in general mm-hmm. outside of the corporate environment. Well, no, let me say it this way. They've had conversations outside of the work content, really taking mm-hmm. time to get to know the person because that yeah. establishes that your value, because I don't just value what you do. I mm-hmm. value who you are. Right. Which is another way of building rapport. So there's those are some of the things I've seen.
1: Yeah. You know, just have an event where it's no business. Right. Yep. We just hanging, Right. We putting something on the grill, hanging out, you know, just having a good time. And
0: something simple as closing up shop early. Yeah.
1: Hey, Friday. Hey, man, we're doing half a day today. Half a day. Enjoy yourself. Right. Yes, or, hey, we do this by Thursday. Nobody comes in on Friday. And it doesn't go against your PTO whatever the case may be. You know, there's so many things that we could do as leaders uh, to let people know that it's more than just about what you do. It is about who you are. It's just crazy. I was thinking about this, but as we wrap this up, many times we put so much focus on material things, on what people can do, you know, in the midst of adding value. But when that person is no longer here then we really realized what was really most important. It was their presence. Very true. Very true. Right. And there's no substitute for it. There's no amount of money that can substitute for it. For that person just absolutely being there. Someone that really, as you say, was valuable. Right. Um, and so uh, it's when you mentioned that just really made me think about that, how important it is that we show people that their value just because of who they are. Right. They, Obviously, yeah. I mean, you can't be a bum, right? We're not talking about that. That goes without being said, but it's more than just about what you do. Correct. Uh, with that. So I appreciate you doing that. So any last words, any
0: final comments for leaders as, as we talk you just about talking, principles for leading well? As you were talking, the, the one word I thought, remember this movie from the mm-hmm. 1980s called 9 mm-hmm. to 5 with Dolly Parton, Billy Tomlin, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, Jane Fonda. 9
1: to 5. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I thought about how back then, Women were often objectified, mm-hmm. but here is the caveat. All of us can be guilty of objectifying the people under us if we sure. don't, if we are not deliberate about recognizing their value. Yeah. And so real leadership is not simply about leading initiatives. It's about leading mm-hmm. individuals yeah, and helping individuals to maximize opportunities, potential and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. Yeah. It's about both. Yes, sir. You know, what you do and who you are. Well, guys, well that concludes today's
1: episode of Lifeline with your host BJE and Bo Powell. And don't forget to check us out at www.simplybje.com forward slash the Lifeline and on social media. You know, BJE and I are on a mission. We want to bring light and life into your household. So join us and let us hear your feedback because it's all about bringing life to you on the Lifeline. Y'all take care and God bless.
0: God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to today's episode with host business coach Bo Powell and leadership coach Barry J. Elliott. Join us next week for another impactful conversation on The Lifeline.